This is the 8 bit cubist by Mr. Vinja. Welcome. Hello, world. This is Mr. Binja with the 8 bit cubist podcast. I know you've been waiting a long time for this, but things were things. I'll get into exactly what was going on with me and why I uh, have taken this long to put it out, but you know, nothing needed to be rushed. Anyway, what you're about to listen to is a short recording that I did with my old compatriots, Jeff and Raphael. We had a rare opportunity to get together and we decided to take that opportunity to record something for you in preparation for this new podcast. Now, what you should expect uh, going forward is not your normal type of podcast. This is not about video games. This is not about, um, you know, what what you should be playing. This is not about, um, you know, just getting stuff off, uh, you know, our chest or uh, my chest, since this will primarily be a solo podcast. This is more of an art and philosophy venture. What I mean by that is, um, going forward in the future, we'll be really getting to the heart of why I started creating artistic work in the first place. And I think there's a lot to be discussed there and a lot to be covered. And honestly, it really harkens back to a lot of the discussions I've had with many of you just on a one-on-one basis. So being that these discussions happen on a one-on-one basis, that's what I plan to bring to you uh, in the podcast form, a one-on-one type of discussion. That said, this uh, recording was a return to our our collective uh, gatherings that we used to have in San Diego. So, it's not fully in, in the format, but we'll pick that up and we'll fix everything as we go along. And bear with me as I, you know, regain these these podcast legs, these podcast lungs here. All right, well, without further ado, here's the podcast. Hope you enjoy it. So, you know, I want to do it as we used to do, where we start talking shit for just a second while it's recording, get back into the groove of things, and then we'll pick up at some point, and I'll officially yeah. jump in. Man, I'm scared. I haven't done this. It's been, it's been a while. There was a flow. There was flow a flow, is, man. That was a flow. That flow is uh, gone. Yeah. <laughs> for me, anyway. Have you recorded anything since? Uh... No. 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 All right. Not at all. It's, it's a... Uh, it has motion slide. That's the last time I... That yeah, was how I feel for you guys. Man, damn. Time. It's uh-huh. a thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a lifetime ago. Yeah. We just young men. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Oh, man. Some of us are younger than others. Some yeah. of us are just old ass men now. Yeah, so, uh, how you guys doing? Good. All right, I guess. Can't complain. Yeah, just I'm not dead. Good. <laughs> so <laughs> that is a good start. <laughs> I. So they 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 know where I've been. Okay. All right. So 
They know who I am. I've still been I'm I've been posting. I restarted the 8-bit Cubist last year. Restarted quite a few parts of it. The website, the shirts, and all that jazz. So people have been hearing from me. Tell them I'm starting a podcast and they think I'm starting from ground zero. But mm-hmm. no, I'm not. Mm-hmm. I have friends. So once again, my name is Mr. Benja from the 8-bit Cubist. And I'm sitting here today with Raph from Santa Monica. Raph from the Santa Monica streets. <laughs> <laughs> and my old friend uh, Jeff from San Diego, by way of San Francisco. By way, me there. by way of. Nice. Yeah. I didn't know we were doing by way of. I should have. No, sure. Right. No, I'm definitely not from Santa Monica, but you know. <laughs> Because <laughs> I don't want to represent SD all the time. You know what I'm saying? Huh. Yeah, I know exactly what right, you're saying. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, man. Uh, right, right off the bat, man. It's good to have you guys back together, uh, back here, you know, in front of the microphone, doing the thing. It's been a minute. It's yep. been a minute. It's been, been a while. Um, so I guess I'll just start off by bringing everybody up to speed because I was about to record and then I got a message from Jeff saying that he was going to be available and wanted to come down and talk some shit, hang out. Mm-hmm. And we got rap in the mix too. He was available. Mm-hmm. So we figured what better to do than a podcast. Wow, that is the same microphone, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I pulled it out and, uh, and did some tests with it. I brought the microphone out and uh, was talking to um, a few of my art friends. Mm-hmm. And I was like, do you mind if I record you? And I recorded them. Yeah, same stuff. That's uh, like a time machine. I'm like all of a sudden back in Oceanside, drinking and talking shit with y'all. Man. Good time, right? Indeed, indeed. So, although I came from um, programming, um, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I do, I went to design, but I started out programming and I would say that's kind of where much of my direction comes from. So, I'm kind of the programmer of this little trio right here. Jeff, you've been doing design for quite a bit. Right. Um, and where, where have you been? I'm still in design. So I'm over at uh, Jam City doing mobile game design, which is its own like brand of whatever. Right. Yeah. So it's just crazy. And we met at, we met at Rockstar Games, uh, all of us as a, all three of us right. got together at Rockstar Games in San Diego. But even before that, we, Jeff and I had run into each other at 3DO mm-hmm. in the Bay Area. Yep. But before that, even, you were doing making moves in where? Uh, I started off at Sega. Yes. Yeah, so Sega back in 93. Damn. Right? Genesis. So I'm 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 the I'm the O and the OG. You were the, the elder statesman here. You're the elder statesman. Like, Genesis was strong, man. Like, it that was is still like between Sega Genesis and the Sega Dreamcast. Mm-hmm. I think that's like PlayStation One is definitely in there. But I feel like those three, it's the best. It was an interesting era because it's like at the time it's like you know there was the the NES and then the the, the SNES and then Genesis. And the market was still strong. Like there were enough people to fill out two camps, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know. And it's like you're you're the you know the Sega head or you're a Nintendo head. Mm-hmm. 
you know, I mean, I don't know about you, but like back then I couldn't roll with like two different systems, so you had to pick one or the other. Yep. Yep. You know, but it was just it was astonishing when you think about like at that point in time, the market was still able to sustain both of them. Yeah. You know, I mean, you can say that now, but I don't know. It felt like the lines were a lot more like settled there and it, it was understood yeah you had these these different sides and it's like there was very little crossover if any yeah so that was an interesting time to kind of come into all of it yeah. and then from there uh, as i said uh, you went through a couple of places um yeah so sega, sega then went to uh let me see geez i'm gonna have to go through the whole whole resume here so sega uh, ended up leaving for a gig at EA for a little bit. Of course, EA, you know, then and, and still is now, you know, <laughs> its own, you know, flavor. Hmm. And it just wasn't really something I was feeling. So I ended up leaving. I uh, went to Fox Interactive over in LA. So I moved to Culver City. Uh, ended up not really feeling that. It was just more of the, uh, the job that I had. And so went back to the Bay. And then that was studio. And sort of Ben and I hooked up, yeah. ended up there. And then from there, Rockstar moved down to San Diego and you know to a couple other companies here and there, Zynga, yeah. now uh, Jam City. Yeah. So I, I wanted to, I wanted to do that just to let people know that you're just not some guy who no. rolled in, yeah, yeah. you know, last Tuesday, no. talking about <laughs> I know this industry or whatever. Um, you know, I didn't like just learn this shit on Udemy. Oh. Um, <laughs> not that you know I'm saying I'm, I'm not like you know trying to talk shit about I'm canceling Denver, my account right now you know but you know I've, I've, I've seen some things yeah so um I, I brought that up uh, you know just want um, the history um, a bit you know just to kind of give a, uh, a grounded base of, of, of where we are um, and I've been um, you know, starting with 3DO and then Rockstar uh, with Jeff. Uh, after that, I spent a, few, spent a little while just trying out some little different things. Uh, there was an app company, um, Huawei, the toy company, um, Sony Santa Monica. Uh, I ended up working as a pharmacy store manager at one point oh, yeah. down in San Diego. That was uh, interesting and fun. Um, Bounced around, did a did a few different things. Always maintained the art side of it, and I don't mean production art because Raphael, that's his area, but just hanging around in the the arts. Now, Raph, you're an actual artist, artist. Mm, uh, I would like to remove the art from production art. It's okay. just production. It's just production. It's not art. It's not art. And it's absolutely not art. Uh, I think art means that it's driven by creative individuals who want to uh, do something that is soulful and actually representative. Uh, production, what I do, is paint by the numbers, be as safe as possible. Mm. Don't rock any boats because you're doing things for consumers, and consumers are dumb hmm so uh but yeah no i started off in rockstar with you guys i 
Actually, every time I see you guys, I think about that conversation. Oh, at man. the sushi lunch. As I was driving up, I um. thought about this conversation <laughs> and just shook my head and was just like, "You, man." Uh, Give some context here. For the well, people, uh, yeah. <laughs> it, it's you don't have to go too long, but go ahead. Um, I really thought I was going to change the entire industry mm -hmm. and change Rockstar Games because. Uh, I was passionate enough to to uh, really give them good work and they were going to see that things could be done in a better, more creative way. Mm -hmm. And this, for the listeners, uh, this lunch was when uh, I was sat down by <laughs> Jeff and Ben. Oh, and AJ. Oh, that's oh Don't my forget God. And AJ. AJ. Yeah. And... Uh, they explained the order of the universe. We, we, we learned you a couple uh, things. I did not like that order, and I resisted that order for a very long time, but um, they were right. So, but yeah, uh, I, let, I quit Rockstar, and then soon after moved up to LA. Uh, did a few gigs, bouncing around the game industry, realized I hated the game industry but love video games. So then I switched to VFX and did low level VFX for a while and then switched to high level VFX. Um, and actually starting last year, um, I got into costume design. And it's kind of because of all the superhero movies, a lot of these costume designers do not know um, how to design superhero outfits. And because of my sculpting background, I can actually utilize that on top of actors bodies and help create the look of superheroes and other things and uh, that's what I've been doing past year very cool very cool and I'm gonna see if we can get this one guy on the phone right quick the what'd you call him like the fifth beetle or something you're talking about, you're talking about well let, let's, let's see yeah, if okay. he picks up okay I don't even know. Yeah, I'm sorry about that lunch. But it, but it had to be told. It was the best thing that ever happened to me. Thank you. <laughs> you know, you let someone know you're going to call them and you hope they pick up. See how you're Aww. Aww. That's why he's the fifth Beatle. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that oh, okay. that other bone thug that <laughs> like who's that on the poster? That, that, that's 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 a late thug. <laughs> so yeah, um, but within all that, um, we did have a uh, a certain connection, um, and that was just in terms of art, style, fashion. A lot of the uh, elements of life, just what we got into gaming, I think, for was just that appreciation of this medium um, and what it could, in fact, do to the world, change, uh, change everything, basically. Um, well, now I'm getting a text message back. So we may have this call still. Does he double space his text messages? That's I think impressive. Yeah, he just double spaces his text messages. Oh wow, a man of principle. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> he was a principled man. 
also the most Theo thing ever. Right. Is double spacing text messages. Man, uh, I told him I call at 6.30 at 7.30 his time. Is where he at now? He's still over in... Yeah, he moved to Florida, so okay. he's in like... Mm. Um, While we're waiting on that. So, I've always been a proponent of all experiences, good experience, mm-hmm. even bullshit ones. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know that, you know, it was soul-crushing for you to be a production artist. Uh, but do you ever find that some of the stuff that you did do or learn or experience from that carries over into what you do now or some lessons there? Um, I think the tools are pretty much the same. I mean, it's still Maya, ZBrush, right. with some additions of things that are more uh, popular now and, and better programs. But I guess more like a, like a mindset or at least like, you know, because production obviously has its own kind of cadence. Yeah. There is a, a certain amount of like, kind of have to be on it you know I'm wondering if some of that has spilled over you know because I know with me sometimes it's tough to really stay on top of like my own personal projects mm-hmm. and you know I know that with production there's there's a certain level of discipline that needs to kind of come with it mm-hmm. I mean some of it is just artificial because you know it's work yeah you know but I'm wondering if, if that's if, if from that you're able to kind of pick some things out, you know, to, that helps you now, you know, because it's, it's, it's interesting where it's just like, we complain and, and bitch and moan about our days at Rockstar, you know, but there's some things from it that I still yeah. learn and I use today, you know, so just kind of curious. Um, emotional detachment, like okay. complete emotional detachment. That's, That's interesting, uh, yeah. I mean, it's not good for the work, ultimately, but... I'm a hired gun. I'm basically the Mandalorian. You know what I mean? So it's just there's no uh, that, minus the baby Yoda. It's just that was your first major entry into the industry, right? Yeah. Yeah. What's interesting, I know coming from 3DO and then going to Rockstar, those are like two oh, yeah. opposites. Mm-hmm. So now what's funny is after, I mean, like I go work with people and whenever the it calls for speed i'm like 3do hat you know yeah pull my 3do hat on and then just start like plowing through stuff throwing stuff left and right this has got to go mm-hmm. don't worry about level three we'll call it level four and we will skip level three completely mm-hmm. i don't care just go 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 and that serves and that that serves a purpose other times it's like i switch on rockstar mode and it's like, this has got to be right. I need to see 15 versions of this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get hardcore and, you know, just plow into the work. Um, start researching like crazy. Get everything just exactly right. Somebody needs to get talked to. Call them up. Everybody's getting together. We're going to hammer this out right now and fix it. Nothing moves until we get this right. Mm-hmm. That's kind of their way. So... I kind of value both of those, but I honestly couldn't imagine that being my first experience. And that's when I, that's a, that's a crazy first experience. Uh, and you were on table tennis with us, so it's not even as intense as it probably would have been. I To say that this is the most first world thing ever, I mean, I always feel like I have to 
To say that it was traumatic would be correct. Um, I've never experienced like severe depression until Rockstar Games, specifically on Red Dead. Uh, With the cows, wasn't it? It was because. With I remember table the ten- cows. Oh, the fuck those cows! Yeah, um, I remember the cows. With table tennis, I was able to run free. Mm-hmm. Like the passion I actually used, and it helped the work improve. Right. And I was like, oh, this is great. This is, it comes naturally. We got something at the time that was the best looking game Rockstar had ever done. Mm-hmm. And that passion served a purpose. Yeah. Then when we switched over to Red Dead, I was the only one with experience on, on the art team with current gen tech. And nobody listened to me. I was the youngest on the team. Nobody listened to me. Mm-hmm. My leads were, that's when I felt the beginnings of the ceilings. On, on table tennis, I'd never felt a ceiling. Like, that was the first time I had broken free from so many ceilings of, like, growing up and just my own life, which was kind of a little bit nuts. That was intentional, you know? I mean, we, yeah. what, we, what we tried to do was set up a system where we were ahead of their feedback yeah. or anybody's feedback. Yeah. And once we got that pace, it was just our job to maintain that feedback. So we'd have three or four builds backed up and they're like, hey, send us the new, and we would just send the next one in the queue. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the intentional part of just, you know, let's see what we can get away with, let's see what we can make, let's see how far ahead we can go before, I don't wanna say they catch us, but before they come down here and start, you know, sprinkling their love all over the place. Yeah. Um, which at one point did happen when they set up camp, literally oh, yeah. in oh, the yeah. middle of our work area. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, really? Okay. Actually, that's the lesson. You were asking, Jeff, what did I learn yeah. that I still carry with me? And that is the lesson. With table tennis, it was a small team. And nobody, when it's a small team of people doing something, you can actually do good stuff. Mm-hmm. You can do the best work. Once it's a bigger team, it's all thoughts. There, there's more cooks in the kitchen, there's more people with their own individual agendas which are not to make the best product. It's about pleasing whoever else. And it's just, if you have a small team, you can kind of control, you can design the, outlo- the, the output of work right. better because it's, it's a smaller group of people. It's, like, it's almost like a military unit. Like it, it's, when you send in the Marines, you're not gonna, it's, it's just brute force. Yeah, yeah. The Navy SEALs roll in a small group. Yeah. And they get shit done. Yeah. And that's what it felt like. It's, it felt like being specialized and everything that you did mattered to now we're a giant and you are a cog. Yeah. And that is the lesson that I learned from Rockstar. It's, it's invaluable. Nothing will ever be as hard as making that transition. Yeah. But uh, it's uh, the fact that Ben, you said that that's the way it was set up. It it worked, and it's something that I I think about all the time. Like if we can just pare this down, and what that was two thousand six. Mm-hmm. I just for the fir- like twenty nineteen experienced that for a second time. Hmm. 
So a bunch of bullshit in between 2006 and 2019 <laughs> to feel that that small group of just like who are actually doing great work. You know, so, it, it has to be pointed out, right? You know, that's what you guys experienced, especially in, in the machine that is Rockstar, was an outlier. You know, we have to give context of like what happened and how we got there, yeah. how you guys got there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it came on the heels of Agent, you know, being started, restarted, rebooted, mm-hmm. so many different times, right? Eventually ended up being Red Dead Redemption, you know, to give, you know, some context. And so it had a whole bunch of people that were in this studio that got hired for this project that just wasn't going to happen. Yeah. And so they needed to find all these other side projects. And if you remember, Ben, you know, all of the agent people got scattered to the wind, and there were three different projects that got, you know, basically parsed out. There was a uh, um, like game, there was table tennis, mm-hmm. and there was like uh, basically like a, a game. I got put on the thing. I think AJ went to the you went Ben to um, to table tennis, and it just was doomed from the beginning because not enough resources for one and it was just felt like it's just busy work to try to kind of until they find something else for us to do and I ended up going to Midnight Club. However it happened and I think a lot of it was because it was the pet project of one of the main guys you know one of the owners of the company you know had had a vested interest in table tennis. I think by the grace of that I think that's what saved you guys and it was one of those weird things where and I'll be honest with you guys, at the time, it was like, oh, that's not going to see the light of day. <laughs> well, let me tell you what happened. Um, we were so scared mm. because of what the project was. Yeah. We racked our brains daily figuring out what could we do? How could we keep this afloat? Yes. How could we keep our jobs? How could we keep moving forward? Yeah. Um, I hadn't released a game with Rockstar. Um, a lot of the other people on the team had released product with Rockstar yep. and it gave us this uh, connection to the the work that was just that was just crazy it's like we have to get in here we have to do this mm-hmm. it's like what's the most we can do um, to keep us in tow so we get to that next step we were we were copying code from the other projects, had packing them in, mm-hmm. um, sending various builds. Hey, make sure you look at this. And it was like serious work. And at some point I realized that we had the benefit of being the, um, you know, runt of the projects yep. because we didn't have as much oversight. We could have, the artists were just throwing stuff in and we would kind of decide, well, maybe this worked, maybe it didn't. Mm -hmm. But we didn't have the back and forth of a, well, hold on now. Is this really the game we want to build? Let's sit back and think about this. It was like type, 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 send. Type, 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 send. And we just kind of wanted to let them know, hey, we're making changes, we're making updates. So it got to the point where even if we didn't, uh, work on that project we wanted to be known as somebody who can get something out quickly effectively something that works um, 
and and basically it did. In, in fact, we started working on um, you know AI projects, visual projects, just different things to show them that like if we had a spare uh, programmer for a day or two, mm-hmm. we would go in that guy's you know, get in his business and like, hey, do you have any demos of, you ever make any example code that does X, Y, and Z? Well, I did this lighting, sim- lights, lights, okay, we got lights, let's uh, have a swing light above the table, get it out as fast as possible, I don't care, just show them that we have some kind of tech, anything. So we would just cobble all the stuff together as hard and as fast as we could and send it up. And at some point, that led into being that process where we were just trying to send out bills and staying ahead. And that didn't stop until the game was released. Right. And, you know, I mean, I, I think that's the, the story that kind of goes around is it was a pet project. Yes, but it very easily could have been stopped at any moment. Oh, yeah, for sure. You yeah. know, so I don't know if you remember how long we were there when, you know, like, I got, it got to the point where I was like, you know, the little Walmart that, that you passed on the way to work. Mm-hmm. It got to the point where I was buying socks and underwear because I didn't have enough time, literally, to wash my clothes. <laughs> so I was just like, screw it, man. <laughs> I'm just going to buy some socks, buy some underwear, back at work. Yeah. And, you know, that was something I wanted to, uh, I wanted to do. I was putting, you know, I just had to make all this stuff work. Then at some point... It got serious. I don't know when that crossover happened, but at some point it got serious. I'll get the old call back in a second. But what I wanted to do was, uh, you know, that's, I wanted to let people know that um, within all this game development and all this uh, game, game playing, we've enjoyed games as a, you know, as a, as a product. You know, we've all, had fun with uh, Jeff playing uh, foreign language Japanese imports that <laughs> RPGs, which I still don't understand how you could actually play through a foreign language Japanese RPG Just and not understand. Just a VRA. Just a VRA. <laughs> you hope that you pick, you pick wisely. Um, you know, I was always uh, just randomly grabbing different games that nobody else was playing. Um, we were all the fir- one of the first people to play through uh, Super Pitfall on the NES. Nobody else was, nobody else gave, gave a shit about that game. Mm-hmm. Um, Zanac, like one of those early crazy shooters. Um, you know, all my friends were playing uh, Tekken or, uh, not Tekken at the time, but, um, you know, Tech Mobile, that's what I meant to say. Just thinking of all these classic games, right? I was intentionally going to get games that weren't on anyone's radar. Um, and you know, Raph, you've also come up with you. You've had some. Uh, you, you've been a connoisseur of some Japanese titles as well. Oh yeah, uh, but m- probably because of fighting games mostly. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, that led into trying to get all the. When I went to college, there was just all of these uh, Japanese fighting games that were just great, man. Like, some made them here, made it to the U.S., but mm-hmm. some just didn't. And they were just good fighting games. Like, the best fighting games. Like, rest in peace to a great era of fighting games. It's just not the same anymore. Yeah. 
just truly nothing. And I remember you and Barasa uh, oh my God. and Marcellus oh. put, putting me on this stuff, and I just had no clue. Um, but I want to um, make the realization that, that that history right there has given us all a context, just a, a lens for looking at life. And I know Jeff and I have talked about this uh, quite a bit, but the art that I do with the 8-Bit Cubist is centered around um, a core concept that a lot of people don't really understand. And I want you to question me on this concept and let me know, you know what you think, where this could go or the, the holes in it. Um, but I tend to think of life as a game. Well, you know, driving down the street, you know, you're thinking, if I pass that cop car, is the star going to show up in the top left corner of the screen? Uh, I'd like to I, let you know the star already exists. Yes. Because, uh, you know, skin. So. Oh. <laughs> the, the baked in star? Yeah, yeah, yeah the baked in star. Right? So you're driving down with one star already. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, if you're, you know, we, we speak in terms of like, uh, think in terms of leveling up, you know, you, you're trying to get to that next level in your life. Um, you know, you move cities, you're going to a new stage, you're, um, you know, you hit a brick wall in a game, you can't get any farther, you know, maybe you're stuck somewhere in your, in your life, in your relationship, in, um, you know, uh, in, in your job. It's, um, it's become this lens for me that keeps on coming back that I, I don't want to say I can't get rid of it, but it's just a recurring theme. And I realized and traced it back to like when I was a kid, just sitting in front of the TV playing games for as long as I could. And I now have this language of the way I think about the world because of games. And I know that I'm not the only one. Just as many tropes as you can come up with, you know, there's a parallel from games to life. So in the past year, I decided to bring back the 8-Bit Cubist and really focus on making that, that idea of games as life much more, uh, go, go much more in depth with it. So... All of the paintings that I'm that I'm working on, all of the art that I'm working on, kind of follows this this model, um, and I don't know where it's going to lead or where it's going to end up. But it, people always ask, "Am I, you know, my fan art? Am, do I do fan art? Do I, uh, you know, am I trying to be an artist in the game industry?" And the answer is no. What I'm really trying to do is what you were hinting at, uh, not hinting at, what you expressly stated before about production art versus being an artist artist. Mm -hmm. I really have a message I want to get out and I don't know how to do it. And my conduit has become the 8-Bit Cubist. I don't know how that sounds and I do have trouble putting it to words, but whenever I create my art, I feel it. So if someone were to ask someone to ask you, well, what what is your art? What would you tell them? And what's their response? 
Um, my what I usually end up telling them is actually I will tell you what I tell them right after I try calling Theo again. Let me do this one more time before I get into bed. Put a pin in that. Yeah, let me put a pin <laughs> in that right quick. <laughs> Alright, Raph, you think he's gonna pick up? It's not even promising. Man. Come on, buddy. <laughs> Alright, we'll try again. Um what if people ask me, what have I um about my art? It's funny, I get I get two basic camps, um and there's a third small sliver of people that I think connect with it. And um immediately but most people need a little time with what I'm doing so most people say oh that's cute and kind of keep walking mm-hmm. and I'm like okay I understand that that's expected from pop artists you know if you're just painting a soup can or whatever a seemingly banal object banal object uh, is it banal or banal banal, banal? I've always said banal banality whatever um, a, you know, a seemingly um, a simple object. It's like, why would anybody paint that and why would anybody care? But then that's the question I want to ask. You know, I want to go further than that. This is a body of work. And a lot of people see the work and just kind of pass by. And that's fine. I get it. And then I have another set of people who see it as, oh, this guy is painting video game characters or video game-like um, iconography. And then they take it as that. Neither of those really are what I'm going for. Right. You know, uh, just, you know, painting pictures of, um, you know, a bullet bill or a Spyro the Dragon just to be doing so. Um, this is a, a, a legitimate pop art thing where I'm making a statement about life and how we relate to our, the world around us. Um, in fact, that is the reason why I've stopped painting from actual characters. So all the all the work you've seen lately, these are um, pixel and sprite constructions that I've come up with myself. These are not from anything. So that has helped. But when I explain it to people, I'm like, hey, I make game. Uh, I make I make iconography. From games to explore the idea that um, life is in fact a game. That doesn't go terribly far though. Mm-hmm. But I don't I don't even know how to really describe it. And that's a problem. I think while you were telling us this, I kept on looking at this piece that you have behind you of the rice bowl. Yes. And it just kind of hit me. It's because you're making assets. You're essentially doing assets. And that's, I mean, that's great for the exploration. Mm -hmm. But that is not, when I view you, that is not the brilliance that I always thought you had. It's in design. But I think, I think you have to make a world in like a giant thing that people can sit and live in. Hmm. Because at that point, 
you're designing the fun. You're designing the you're designing the feeling. Like you're you're creating these paintings. You're creating this art to express a feeling. But the language that it seems like that you know best is how to guide somebody's experience. Yes. So within a, the context of an art show, mm-hmm. um, I think I I do that much better, and I'm mm-hmm. getting there. Mm-hmm. So uh, with the last show I did, uh, Revenge of the Bit, you know, I left a, you know, I, like you just looked at the the rice bowl. Um, I had a set of stereotypical foods. That's what the whole thing was. Everybody. You know, there was uh, the rice bowl, the pasta plate, the fried chicken, the chicken. Um, mm-hmm, <laughs> the chicken. It, was, it was stereotypical food. So when you see them all in a group and you're thinking, you know, this is kind of like a cultural power up. This is, you know, what I use to replenish myself, my soul and comfort food. You know, this is this is stuff that we're all uh, comfortable with and we understand. But without the context of seeing all of them in a row or seeing a lot of my work, you know, I'm still working at how do I um, start getting towards these more complex ideas. Because I think if I start throwing out the the more complex stuff, it just starts getting weird. And I think the the, the piece that's connected with people the most is actually um, the mountain range. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's called a range of expectations. And there's a whole connection with Bob Ross, mm-hmm. you know, um, are you, you know, in classic villages, you know, mountains are there to protect you, mm-hmm. you know, and to keep people out. They can, uh, you know, it's also a barrier like, hey, if I want to get somewhere, I have to cross these treacherous mountains. There's a lot of things that mountains represent to us, you know, and this was a mountain of mine. Let me get this show done. Let me channel Bob Ross. But this is like one of those heavy art concepts where dumbasses like me, you know, lay on the floor and stare at the ceiling thinking, what does a mountain mean? You know, it's... Mm -hmm. It's just a, let's uh let's ask Theo see if he the third time is indeed the charm. Try it again. Hello. Hey Theo. Hey, what's up? What's up, man? Going good. I got some uh, got some guests here with me. Just want you to know. Okay, who else is there? Hey, what's up, Theo? It's Jeff. Yeah, long time no talk, man. How I know, but how you been? Hey, man, I can't complain. I can't complain. I hear you. And we also have someone else. Yo, it's Rap. How's it going, man? <laughs> Rap, <Rob> the <Yo. laughs> <laughs> What's up, guys? How you guys been? Great. Oh, you know. Yeah, man. We were. Um, we're just, um, by luck of the draw, you know, we all our schedules worked out. Um, I was about to uh, start putting out some other episodes of the podcast, and we had a chance to get together. And I was like, you know, this thing is not complete. I need to call my boy Theo. Oh, man, I appreciate it, man. Thanks, thanks. Thanks for thinking of me. We're here in uh, Florida, Tampa, Florida. So I appreciate it. Absolutely. Um, so we, we had a a question for the podcast we, we're all been in the video game industry um and i've been doing this new art thing for the past past year kind of rebooting reformatting what i'm doing with the 8-bit cubist and uh we needed an outs not an outsider um 
a person's opinion from someone who's not in games like we were, but definitely understood them, played them a lot, and uh, you know, you, you have good perspective. So I just wanted to get your your ideas or perspectives on what you've seen in the past year with the the Prince. In, in regards to in, in regards to um, and, and art and artistic expression, <laughs> I don't know what is it. What is it? What does it mean to you? What does it uh, express to you, if anything? Artistic expression. Oh man, what in 2019, 2020? 2019. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Uh, shoot. Uh, let's see. Uh, you know, for me, you know, uh, I don't play as much. Absolutely, absolutely. But um, you know, the reason uh, the reason you know that I wanted to make sure you were included was just because of that, and you know, precisely because you have you know uh, a broader maybe viewpoint than we do, because you know we've seen games in a certain light. So when you see um, let's say you know um, uh, the revenge print, you know the the floating heart that I that I made. You yeah. you remember that one? Okay, so when you see something like that, what does that say to you in terms of like that versus what art should be? I don't know. No, that was uh, uh thank you for that, uh, Theo. Um, yeah, we, you know, I, I sit in here and think in my own bubble, and uh, I don't get enough of a good perspective from the elder statesman, so I want to make sure I called up. <laughs> oh, elder, okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> By year, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh right. <laughs> nah, um, so yeah, man, we're just gonna try to try to keep this going. Um, I really wanted to put together a podcast that's much more art and philosophy based, which was really the the genesis of what I wanted to do um, back from the very get go. Uh, but you know, things being what they were, you know, we went with the the flow, and it was a good thing. You know, I'm not knocking it at all. Um, but you know, I just want to now in this current era make sure that I'm differentiating myself and putting out things that are actually going to you know resonate with people. So that's the direction I'm coming from with this. Nah, I love it, man. It's definitely uh, uh, you know you got to put your information out there. You know, people love to you know. Do- dive deep into some of this stuff and you know I mean I listen to podcasts all the time about you know TV shows and movies and like oh yeah that's what they meant right and that, so, so I love the behind the scenes stuff and you know the philosophy around you know maybe some of your latest piece of work and, and, and like that I mean you know I know Raph, Raphael is there I mean he has some interesting work uh, especially the, uh, the Biggie and the um, I forgot the uh, Modoc I forgot what you called it but the uh, I thought that was interesting, you know, the story behind that. I would love to kind of get the philosophy on that eventually one day. But, uh, yeah, so stuff like that, you know, going behind the scenes, understand the philosophy of some of the latest stuff. You know, some of these uh, new art that you guys are going to put out there, I think that's going to be uh, very important to kind of, you know, dive into. Someone on the outside, right? So I think, uh, you know, definitely keep it up, man. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, um totally appreciate that. Was there anything else you wanted to just say to the general uh, populace? I don't want to hold you nah, too long. No, no, no. Nah, man. This is awesome, man. The four of us back. I mean, she was at, uh, I can't remember, what was that? Back before Facebook was Facebook? <laughs> 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 yeah. I think it was man. a Comic-Con last time we were all together. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was a Comic-Con. That, uh, San Diego Comic-Con we were all together. Oh, man. Yeah, but uh, what year was that? It had to be, you know, the 2010s, right? So, uh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's definitely, you know, been a definitely get into all that kind of stuff um well cool man uh just wanted to touch base and uh you know four of us uh all four of our voices on the first podcast that i'm going to release so glad that it all came together man all right man hey you guys be blessed take care all right better man later So yeah, man, um, big things planned. Um, we'll be doing some art shows, definitely. Um, doing uh, the podcast, I want to keep that going. Really have some interesting ideas, and you know, for the listeners also, I want to make sure that you know you're letting letting me know, commenting, sharing, whatever. Uh, DMing me if you don't want to be public like that. Just let me know what you're thinking. Um, I'm going to try to go some interesting places with this and 
it's all in service of talking about art and philosophy. And I found my best discussions, regardless of the art form and regardless of the particular philosophy, a lot of my best discussions about said subjects happen on these one-to-one -one kind of basis where we can stop, dwell on a subject for an hour or two hours and just kind of break it down and talk about things. I do these, uh, you know, mental exercises on my own where I'm just, something's just stuck in my head and I'm thinking about it for an hour or two. I want to start putting that into podcast form without sounding like I'm rambling. So as I put this together, you know, we'll course correct, we'll make it better. If there's any specific topics or angles that you want me to come from, I'm completely open to it. It's all going to be formatted within the construct of life as a game. So, you know, that, that sounds limiting, but it's really not. Um, as I was telling Jeff earlier, uh, I went through a series of ideas to see if this podcast had legs. Mm -hmm. I was like, can I really sit down and talk about life as a game for a hundred plus episodes within a day of just, you know, jotting down ideas? I blew past, you know, 150 singular episode topics hmm. and I, I still have a problem explaining it because I didn't come from a sound bite like, hey, it's this, this kind of podcast will sound good. I came from this idea that had been floating around in my head and needed to get thought out. So I'm starting from the extremely in-depth and non-specific and trying to say, okay, what is this that I'm thinking about? And then packaging it. But yeah, the ideas I came up with 150 plus something ideas and you know offline um, we can go over some of those and I'll just spitball them at you guys and mm -hmm. let me know where I'm headed in the right direction where let me know where I'm full of shit yeah you know I think it'd be interesting because I see where you're coming from because it's like there's a germination of some idea you don't necessarily know where it's going to take you or what the end result is. Yeah. And, and it almost seems like, but there's going to be some that have a very de definite endpoint. And it mm -hmm. almost seems like it's, it's going to be a combination of the two. And maybe the ones that don't necessarily have that, that endpoint or that, that finish line, if you will, are probably going to be the more interesting ones. And I think that's where you get into interesting art, yeah. where you're not sure where you're going, where it's going. exactly. Yeah. So that'll be interesting. I think. I look, at least conceptually, I look more forward to those where it's just like it's the, 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 the central core kernel of an idea or a topic and where that's going to take you, you know, and then just kind of see where, where this ride, you know, leads. So, interesting. All right. Well, I mean, I look forward to hearing this. It's, it's been a minute since, uh, you know, we've done anything. You know, podcast related. You know, much less listening to you and yep. hearing anything. You know, from days back with Piao to early eight bit. Piao, son. <laughs> 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 you know, so uh, it's about time. Yeah. All right. Rep. I'm I'm here for the ride. Well, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing where this goes. So.
Awesome, man. That, that's that's all I got for right now. So, and uh, I do want to uh, play the commercial before we head out, in case you didn't hear it. Um, but before I do that, uh, is there where can people find you, Ref? Uh, primarily on Instagram uh, at Jehudi Son. It's a terrible name. But it's uh, from it's the robot from Zone of the Enders. Zone of the Enders two had a very big impact on me, and uh, that was the name I used for fighting game tournaments, everything. But uh, yeah, J E H U T Y S A N. I actually didn't know that came from Zone of the Enders. Yep. Mm. Now I'm going to do a piece this year, like just reminding everybody about how great that game is. So, yeah. And where can we find you, Jeff, if you want to be found? Uh, let's see. So, uh, Facebook, um, I'm decided I want to try to get back into some of my more proper photography stuff. I mean, I, you, you've seen, I've done like the, you know, pick of the week, you mm -hmm. know, and swipe on my phone and stuff like that, which is fine, you mm -hmm. know, but I, I want to kind of get back more into the, you know, the proper, if you will, SLR type photography type things. So, uh, you can find me, uh, Facebook, um, on, uh, what is that? Hefe uh, June on Facebook. That's yes. also on uh, on Instagram. Right. Um, and with uh, Theo mentioned before, you know, I used to do the movie review stuff with uh, Yell and Jeff. I took a hiatus on that, but uh, I don't know if you guys saw recently, like I posted like a little teaser, you know, so I'm, I'm thinking yeah, I'm yeah. going to be getting back into that. Oh, shit. So um, just trying to figure out like what the format's going to be and all the other things. So that might even seg into a, a podcast of my own, you know, mm -hmm. or kind of try to figure out some other things. Yelling Jeff, boy. You know, so uh, yeah, so Yelling Jeff on, uh, on Facebook and then also on um, Instagram as well. Um, yeah, so. All right, and... For 8-Bit Cubists, if you uh, just want the art and the projects, 8-B-I-T-C-U-B-I-S-T, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook, you search that, it'll also come up, and the website is the8bitcubist.com. I'm actually going to be funneling a lot more stuff to the website, so be sure you check it out and, and check the updates. Uh, me, personally, uh, at Mr. Benja, M-R-B-E-N-J-A, you'll be able to catch randomness from me. Um, but if you don't want all the extra nonsense, just follow 8BitCubist. And um, the commercial, as I was saying, did you, did I, both of you watch the commercial? Yeah. I, did you? Yeah. What commercial? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we'll look at the commercial right quick. Um, oh, wait, this was the commercial that announcing the, the, the podcast. Yes. yes, yes, I did. Okay. Yeah. Hey, listen up, everybody. I am Mr. Benja, lead creative and founder of the 8BitCubist. Here to announce that version 4.0 of the 8-Bit Cubist podcast is here. It's like the Windows 95 of all my podcasts. You may know us from the internet, game industry parties, E3, Jeff's House, Blackton Gaming, Penny Arcade Expo, Giant Robot, the City of Armadillo in Red Dead Redemption, Hooters of Oceanside, PAX East, San Diego Comic Con, That Pizza Place, the Pasadena Art Walk, GamerCon, WonderCon, Anacon, the LA Zine Fest, the LB Zine Fest, Studio 361, Bar Basic San Diego, Bixby Knowles Art Walk, the Long Beach Arts Association, the Long Beach Art Expo Center, your mama's house, your daddy's house, your baby mama's house, San Pedro First Thursday, the Art Pound, the Midnight Sun Sports Club, or any other places I might just happen to show up. 
When you find me in the 8-Bit Cubist, you'll see that I've reformatted my visual style and message to give you the best perspective on life that you could ever hope to have. That is, it's all a game. Yep, all of it. Basically, I'll be talking mad shit about art, design, technology, and philosophy. And in the words I'm still trying to formulate for this thing, it's human nature as seen when viewing life as a game. Design, technology, philosophy, and some personal stories, and my art. How is that even possible? I don't know. I haven't recorded these episodes yet. But most importantly, I want to connect with you. And for me, a podcast is the best way to do that. Now, it's very important that you subscribe, comment, and share. You don't even have to like, because I don't care if you like it. I just need the numbers for the algorithm. I want the Facebooks, the Instagrams, the Stitcher Podcast, and the iTunes, the Google Play Store. I need all that to start popping off with this podcast. So therefore, subscribe, comment, share. All right? Cool. I'll be seeing you soon. And once again, this is Mr. Benjamin with the 8-Bit Cubist Podcast. Well, gentlemen, uh, thank you very much. Thank being you. here. This was, this was very fun. All right. Let's go get some uh, some drink. Well, yeah, so sorry about that. When you were talking with Theo, um, why I was shaking my head is I was, I was thinking about what you brought up, Raph, with the, with the food. And for whatever reason, and I guess it's just, you know, just because it's just an occupational hazard, it's like I, I started thinking about it from a design perspective of, like, the whole... You know, idea of like stereotypical foods and why they're stereotypical, and I kept going back to like, well, how would I design that? You know, how, from a design perspective, how would I try to address that? And for me, it was like the the connecting tissue to all of it is is how do you tie in race, right, or whatever it is that makes it stereotypical? So obviously, you have rice bowls, and you have chicken, you know, and you have pasta. You know, is there, is there something, and I keep going back to, like, how can I connect these things without being overtly in your face about it? Mm-hmm. And it was just one of those things where it was just like, maybe something as simple as the background on the, on, on the rice bowl is yellow. You mm-hmm. know, um, yeah, you know, stuff like that. Right, you know, um, chicken, black background, you know, maybe some play on the um, Italian flag colors. You know, for pasta. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it was just one of those things where yeah, it's yeah. just like yeah. immediately I, I went into design mode and it's like, well, how am I gonna? How yeah. would we try to connect that? Because I see where you're coming from, right? Mm-hmm. You brought up a great point about like it, it's it, it makes sense and and some people will understand it and get it right mm-hmm. away. You know, and for others maybe they might need a little bit more handholding. Yeah, and and. So go ahead. So what I'm what I'm concerned with is not so much people walking by to get it. Yeah. But people who may have talked to me or heard the podcast yes. just mm-hmm. run into me before where they're like, Okay, yeah, we're getting that. I yeah. know what that's about. This is cool. This is me. I'm digging it. Yeah. And I still kind of want to be that um not 100% obvious Mm -hmm. artist, you know, so, and I I think I'm, that's the line I'm treading. Yeah. Because I found many more problems um, with like, oh, he just paints video game stuff. And I, if someone just says that, I'm like, fine, that's good. Yeah. They're over there. 
but now I have people who, you know, they'll look for my work, they'll look at all the captions, and they'll start connecting these dots. Right. And then that's when it gets good to me. Like, okay, I'm not worried about everybody. I'm not worried about, you know, the lay person. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to get make sure it gets caught by the people who would be looking anyway. Right, right. You know, so and not making a suggestion that that's what you should do. And and again, that's why Oh yeah, I, yeah, I, I get I, it. I, that's why I prefaced it with occupational hazard because I, in what I do, I make a we make games for basically soccer moms. Mm-hmm. And if you want to talk about and you've made this comment before about how the consumer is not so bright sometimes. I mean, sometimes it's literally you have to be hand-holding and yeah. almost to the point where it's just like, how can you not get this? Yeah. And so it's, it's, I, because that's the world that I dabble in now, it's, I immediately go to that. And, and not saying that it's right or wrong, I'm saying that it's just, that's what I've become accustomed to. Yeah. But then I get it and seeing your art and being exposed to it, I immediately got it. Right. Didn't need yeah. the hand holding. Right. And so but it was just one of those things where all of a sudden I just got into designer mode and I'm like, well how, how can we make this more, you know, apparent to the to, well, you know, you know to, to the to the masses. We we we've worked together. So yeah, it's it's funny that um, I do this as well. I'll throw out a disclaimer, like, well hey, I'm just saying that when my natural default designer mode is well, hey, how about this and that? And you just start throwing out yeah. ideas and suggestions. So I'm totally good with that, you, you, which you know. But yeah, yeah. thank you for the... Yeah. Um, then I felt stupid because I'm like, oh, shit, damn it. <laughs> this is not art for... Well, I mean, maybe it is, but it's just like I keep thinking of those soccer moms. You know, and mm-hmm. Nothing against soccer moms. We love you. You help pay my bills, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> I think though, uh, like to add context to what I what I originally said, when I saw those two pieces, it hit me. It's like, oh, this is there's something that you're trying to express that if you need to see it in person, which is great, like that's the idea, seeing it in person, it feels completely different. But I went to this uh, Guillermo del Toro art show. 2017, I think, yeah, no, 2017 at the last month. Okay. He owns a second house, mm-hmm. and his second house is filled with nothing but monsters, like some of the, the busts from, you know, the skulls from his movies. Right. He right. buys from the artist, he buys from the studio, he has them in the second house. So in, I don't know, like a bunch of rooms, he basically curated this show of all these sketches that he owns, all these master copies of just like weird monster shit mm-hmm. and then you got it that it was like no this guy truly loves monsters like the fish movie yeah like he would fuck the fish you know what i mean like that 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 is who he is <laughs> yeah. but you don't get it until you walk through it and i'm just thinking like i almost feel like this needs to be real like that is and that's what i meant by like at that point, you're curating everything that people are... Like, the art show is one thing, but it's like, if you're thinking about it on a game level, you're creating assets, and that's not your brilliance. Like, it's, 
I, I'm not saying that you shouldn't paint because yes, because but sure, like, sure, sure. if you walked into a room that was this, people will get it. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. there's no, there's no unless you're that fucking dense. Yeah. Like there's no missing. It's like it's the difference between looking at this and holding this. Yeah. Like that's that's. And I, I just I got it looking at those two pieces and I just kept on looking at that rice bowl and I'm just like and then it finally hit me like that is there there's something here and I so um 2019 as I said I I experimented and played with a lot of ideas and I wanted to make sure I put out at least the um groundwork mm-hmm. for a lot of stuff I'm going to execute on in 2020 so, um, you know, you all got the little zines catalog and everything. So just coming up with the format and, okay, I can do this. Let me get a, a printer that works out. Let me find my paper. Boom. Now I do that just like whenever. If I need to show somebody something, I'll whip up one of those. and It's a thing. Mm. So, um, but before I started all of that, um, I really started, and just like I did with the podcast ideas, I really said, does this thing have legs? Am I going to? I did that whole process for this art, and I thought, yeah, there's enough here. Something needs to be explored mm-hmm. in some way. What's the, I don't want to say just the fastest, but what's the most efficient way I can start getting this process rolling? People understand prints and art shows. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually the print game came into play because, you know, all I was doing was, um, originals at first and well, you saw it, you were at the, uh, at a uh, fingerprints and you know, the wall of originals, that's one thing, but that's not accessible to a lot of people and pull back a little bit, start showing people some prints and it's like, oh, okay, this is a little more accessible. This is the tutorial stage, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I, I, I didn't, who said that? It was either, uh, it was, uh, Jay-Z had, uh, spoken about putting ideas out that are too far ahead of where the public is at. It's like, yeah, I, he's got Jay-Z ideas that are five years out, but he can't put them out right now mm-hmm. because there are four other step, sets of ideas that need to bring people up to speed. Mm-hmm. And this is not like a, you know, high art world kind of, I'm smarter than you, better than you kind of thing. It's just that, well, yeah, before, you know, before the phone was invented, you can't say, hey, listen, I'm in New York. I'm going to talk to this guy in California. When? Tomorrow. It's like, what? How are you going to get there? How are you going to, you, you can't send a letter that fast. Yeah. You can't send what are you talking about? It just didn't make sense. Even though he may have had the entire plan worked out about how to build a telephone and such and such and such. It just, you can't, you can't make these leaps. Mm-hmm. And I didn't get that um, for a while. Like, how do you explain where where VR could go to somebody who's never put on a VR headset? It's possible. Exactly. It's like, well, yeah, first we have to get everybody used to the idea of putting on a VR headset. Mm-hmm then we could start going into all these other dimensions of what VR could be. 
um, multiplayer gaming. I couldn't have understood World of Warcraft before the internet. I couldn't. I couldn't have understood World of Warcraft before, like, uh, Four Swords. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, I didn't mentally. I didn't make that connection of, well, wait a minute. Everybody's got their own screen and they're just running around looting. And why would you ever run into anybody else? And I, it, it just didn't make sense mm-hmm. until you got in there and you played all these in between steps. So. So yeah, I'll uh, I'll definitely be tapping you guys for you know your knowledge and perspective. Thanks. Thank you, guys. Some cool. cool.